Our scripture reading for this morning could be found in the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 31 through 33. You can find that in your bulletin and on the screen. Prepare your heart and mind for the reading of this holy text. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When, when I think about the marketing campaign that went into something like DoorDash or Uber Eats, they had, they had a picture of someone like me. Somebody who is not a very good cook, uh, who cannot sort of cook on the fly. Now I can grill, if, if it's fire and meat, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, in, I'm within safe territory. But if it's anything else, I'm not that good of a cook. In fact, I tend to get a recipe and get all the ingredients and I cook according to that recipe. I don't think through the steps and think, did they maybe put a little bit too much seasoning into this? I don't think critically like that. I just follow the instructions. And I, I recently, within the last year, was making uh, uh, something and it, and it required cloves of garlic. And it said four to six cloves of garlic. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm a man, I round up. So seven cloves and I'm gonna, I'm gonna saute this. And I didn't really, cause I was in the midst of cooking. I didn't realize how fragrant, if you will, it was getting in the kitchen until my wife uh, walked in and she said, what are you making? It stinks in here. We had to open the windows and get fans and everything and nobody ate what I was cooking. Um, years ago, uh, and this is kind of funny, you think I would learn. Um, I was using another recipe by the same person to make fish tacos. And uh, my kids were a lot younger. My son was, our son was about five years old or so. My wife is here saying amen to everything I'm saying. And um, I tried to make fish tacos. I'm not really known for tacos uh, again. And I followed the instructions. I followed the recipe. And apparently whoever, uh, whoever was making this recipe somehow burned their tongue years ago with too much hot coffee. And so they need a lot of spices uh, to, to sort of taste things. Uh, and so there was way too much salt and there was way too much cumin and there was way too much everything. And again, I follow the recipe and I'm just throwing things in there, maybe a little dash extra. My son Davis took a bite of that taco. Remember, he's five years old and he, he is so young, he's used to eating roll-ups at school. And so his mind, a taco is a roll-up. So he, he put that taco in his mouth and he took a bite. And have you ever seen um, a, a jet, like a fighter jet that's about to go down and the pilot ejects? That's pretty much what happened with the bite of taco. My son, it just ejected out of his mouth and onto the plate. And he said, daddy, these roll-ups 
are disgusting. <laughs> and, and what I've learned, <laughs> or what I should have learned up to this point is, is that a little goes a long way, doesn't it? A little goes a long way. You know, for some people, they need a lot more salt and seasoning. For them, they need a lot, but for most of us, maybe we just need a little bit of seasoning just to make it, you know, shine a little bit. Let the flavor, the natural flavors speak. The salt and other things are there to just sort of help things out, not to become the majority of the taste of the food. A little goes a long way. And that's a message that I think is in the parables that Pastor Maggie read for us today. A little can make a big difference. A little can go a long way. We start with a mustard seed. Now, this is not the kind of mustard that you might be used to in powdered mustard or in yellow mustard. Not the same plant that grows in Israel, but similar, the same sort of pungent taste that would have been there. And there would have been mustard shrubs uh, all over the place in the Galilee region of Israel. It was, it was very much something that grew along the banks of, uh, of the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River. Uh, the mustard plant has one of the smallest seeds. It's not the smallest seed, but it's one of the smallest seeds in nature. And when you plant that, it will grow into a pretty uh, large shrub. It won't become a, a large tree, but it will become a large shrub uh, with yellow uh, sort of flowers, if you will, where the mustard is. And it will be pervasive. It will not be something that can be easily gotten away from. I mean, in a sense, it's something that after you try to pull it up, it finds its way to come back again. In fact, there was a person in ancient Israel during that time named Pliny the Elder, who we have writings from. And he says, essentially, that the mustard plant, the mustard shrub, is a weed. He says that it's one of those things that takes easily. It's a small little seed and it grows and it's very tough to get rid of because you try to pull it up and all those seeds get everywhere and it just keeps growing. You try to pluck it up, it grows again. It just will not go away. It's like kudzu, right? You cannot get rid of kudzu. Maybe you can, but I haven't been able to. It just keeps coming back. And mustard is like this, a small seed that becomes an almost unstoppable plant that is difficult to get rid of. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is like that. It's like a, a little seed that somebody planted on their land, in their garden, and it grows into this tall tree. This small thing grows into something large and the birds rest on its branches. Now I want you to hear that. Somebody took a mustard seed and planted it in their garden. That would be like a man in this room getting some crabgrass and planting it in their lawn, right? That doesn't make much sense. I don't know that we really need to go in that direction because again, the parables are surprising. The shrub itself is a weed. Why is it being planted in a garden? The shrub itself does not become a large tree. So something miraculous and unnatural is happening to this mustard seed. But again, I don't know if that's the main point. It seems like the main point is this small 
seed becomes something large and unstoppable. Something small, something large and unstoppable. When you think about the history of the church, you think about Jesus and, and the disciples, this small group of people who were fishermen and tax collectors, not the normal elite in society. And they were the ones that spread Christianity after Jesus's resurrection and ascension into heaven. The disciples go and preach. They go around Israel and they create little communities of people. In fact, we believe that Jesus's brother James became one of the leaders in the church in Jerusalem, but they didn't stop there. Jesus called someone named Saul. His name became Paul. He wrote a majority of the letters in the New Testament and Paul went into the areas of Turkey and Greece. His goal was to get to Rome to preach the gospel about Jesus. And along the way, they created these small little communities that grew over time. Now, you may know this, that during that time of planting these churches in 30, 40, and 50 AD, all the way until 300 AD, these churches were often in houses. They were small gatherings of people. And the Romans and the Jews and others that were in leadership, not sort of the everyday folks, but they were trying to stamp out this movement. They were trying to shut down these churches. They would persecute these people. And no matter how many times they tried to put the boot down on the churches, they still seem to keep going. They, keep, they seem to keep popping up in new places like a weed, growing. This small little seed from Jesus of Nazareth kept on growing and sustaining and popping up in new places until again in 300 or so AD, a little bit after that, when Constantine, the emperor of the Roman Empire, converted to Christianity because his mother, his mother's witness as a Christian led him to convert. And that extended Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. That little seed that kept on going and spreading and becoming something large where all the flowers, all the birds came and rest, rested on its branches. Something small and is something miraculous. Jesus also tells the parable of the yeast that is put into the flour. Now, in this passage, what we hear is that this woman took a little bit of yeast. We don't know exactly how much yeast. Jesus doesn't say that, but we have to imagine it's a little bit because it's right next to this passage about the mustard seed. And there's a theme here of something small becoming something large. So this little bit of yeast is worked into three measures of flour. And what we know from history is that about three measures of flour would be enough flour to make bread for about 100 people. We're talking about dozens of loaves of bread. Lots of bread, enough for a wedding feast of all the family and friends that come to the party. Dozens and dozens of loaves of bread from just a little bit of yeast worked throughout the dough. Now, if you were to read this passage about the yeast in the flour in the New Revised Standard Version, the New International Version, a lot of different versions of the Bible, really it just says that the yeast is mixed into the dough. It's mixed in. It's just worked thoroughly through. There are a couple of translations of the Bible that actually say that the yeast is hidden into the dough, that the woman hid the yeast 
in the dough. And I don't think that she's really hiding it from someone else. I think what the message is saying is that this yeast is so tiny, it's so almost unseeable that it's hidden. It sort of disappears into the dough. You can't tell what is dough and what is yeast. And so she bakes the bread and it becomes this wonderful, fluffy bread that people enjoy. All because that yeast was mixed completely into the dough, that small thing that made all the difference in the bread. Because without that yeast, it wouldn't rise, would it? It would just stay flat. It wouldn't really change. The kingdom of God is like yeast that is put into something. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to say that's where it is, but it's going to work throughout the community. It's going to work throughout a person's life. It may be hidden from the eye, but it is busy transforming from the inside itself. And you may be able to see the result of the yeast when you pull the bread out of the oven and you open it up and there are those air pockets with steam coming out from that fresh bread. Is there a better smell? And you know, and that's the kingdom of God at work. You may not be able to see it and put your finger on it, but it's at work transforming from the inside. In fact, yeast in bread, it transforms whatever it touches, doesn't it? It transforms whatever it touches, whatever flour it's mixed into, it transforms it all. Now, if you think about a mustard seed by itself without being planted or yeast not worked into the flour, it's not really that important, right? You've just got a tiny seed. You've got a little bit of yeast, some mold. But if you plant it, if you infuse it, it will transform. That little thing will transform the large thing. Jesus seems to be saying, at least to me, that the kingdom of heaven, the the work of God began in him. He is the one whose kingdom it is. It is Jesus' kingdom. It is his kingdom. He is Lord and Savior. God is starting this movement, this kingdom in and through him. And it's going to be spread in small ways. But those small little seeds, that little bit of yeast is is going to continue to transform and turn small things into large things. It will be surprising and unnatural. It'll be like a weed. You won't be able to stamp it out. Right when you think you're about to get rid of something, it pops up somewhere else. The kingdom of heaven is like this. It is unstoppable. It is small, but it becomes something large. Now, what does this mean for us? If you're one of the people that that believes that some of the things going on in the world are against God and they're going to, in a sense, stop God and his kingdom from going into the world, then these are reminders that this small little thing has become large and it will continue to be there. There is not a single thing that can stop it. It will continue to pop up in different places. God may have the final word. God will have the final word. Now, again, this is for us to think through and to discern. There are many different levels to a parable. But I think the other thing that we need to hear from this is not just that everything's in God's hands and we need to trust God, but also 
that there are no small and insignificant things in the kingdom of heaven. Even something as small as yeast and as small as a mustard seed can make a big impact. You may feel small in the kingdom of God. You may feel small in the church. You may feel that you don't matter that much, that all you do is come and sit in a sanctuary. But you know what? There is no small thing in the kingdom of heaven, is there? Because small things can make a big difference. A little can go a long way. I don't know if, if you realize the sort of impact you can have on someone else by being you, by being the you who is transformed by God's grace. We may not realize the kind of difference we are making, the seeds we are planting in someone's heart that might seem small and insignificant, but one day become something large. When you do something for someone else, could it be like a mustard seed that seems almost not important? But for that person, it was something that would grow into something meaningful and powerful for them? There are no small things in the kingdom of heaven because everything can be used to transform. I don't know where you need to hear the power of these parables, but I think it's pretty clear that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven can go from something small into something large, something insignificant to something transformative, something that almost is imperceptible to something that everyone can see. The kingdom of heaven is at work, whether or not we realize it or not. That yeast is at work in the oven on the inside, even though we can't see it. That mustard seed, even though it is small, is working as it is in the ground, being fed by the nutrients and the soil and the water and the sunlight, and it becomes this large shrub. There are things that we cannot see, that we believe in and that we trust and we hold on to. Those are the things that keep us going. I sometimes wish Jesus had said something like, you know what, the kingdom of heaven is like a strong fortified city. <laughs> that would give me a lot more hope. I wish God would have said, the kingdom of God is like an armored vehicle, an armored Humvee, you know. I would love that, but instead Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like this small thing that over time becomes something large. And friends, I think that that is worth remembering. When things get out of hand, when things seem like they don't really matter, when we feel like we don't matter, there are seeds, there are small things at work. A little goes a long way in the kingdom of heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen.